Hello and welcome to Her Ambitious Career, the success podcast for corporate women who want more from their lives and careers. Each week, we share career and leadership strategies to help you set stretching goals, own your value, build visibility and credibility, gain recognition, get paid and confidently take your career to that next level. Whatever your ambition, let's do this thing. Now, here's your host and career success expert, Rebecca Allen. Hey, 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 welcome on in. It's Rebecca Allen here. I'm a career success coach for ambitious women who want more from their lives, more from their careers. They want to feel valued. They want to be purposeful about their work and they want to be paid what they are absolutely worth. And that is what we are here to talk about every day of the week. But today we are talking specifically about feedback and specifically about receiving feedback, because I find a lot of people struggle with the idea of feedback. We find it quite challenging. We can personalize the feedback, find it an emotional experience that we really don't want to get into. And to be honest, I think if we reframe situations like that, where we're feeling uncomfortable, we can make it very palatable. We can make it a learning experience. We can make it something that's really worthwhile and valuable. So today I'd love to share with you seven ways to enjoy receiving feedback more by looking at seven different ways in which you can think about this differently, how you can reframe it, how you can ask different questions from your boss, how you can get more constructive feedback. And I think that's the bottom line. It's about getting really constructive feedback. So even if the feedback you're getting isn't that palatable, you can work it, you can ask questions, you can help yourself learn from the experience by Um, asking more um, intelligent questions, more helpful questions to get that constructive feedback that you actually need to thrive, that you actually need to grow. So I think the first thing that I want to start off with is simply by just saying to have an open mind. When it comes to receiving feedback, like I say, a lot of people can feel uncomfortable at the prospect. There's an assumption it's going to be negative. There's an assumption it's going to be really critical. But the reality is, is it's possible that the person who's giving you the feedback actually might have something really valuable to share with you. And I think that's the the situation with anybody, right? We can learn from anybody around us. I'm always telling um, women who are who are younger who come into my practice, everybody has something valuable to add. Anybody can be a leader. I don't mind if you're seven or you're 37 or you're 87. Anybody can be a leader. You always have something to learn from any situation. You can always be open-minded. So and that's my first way, if you like, to receive um, recognition more readily, more happily, is simply just to take it as a learning experience and be open-minded that somebody else might have something valuable to tell you. The second thing that I think is really, really, really valuable is identifying what the person who's giving you the feedback's intention really is. Because even if the the feedback that you get is not palatable, it's something you don't really want to hear, it's something even critical or negative, I want you to ask yourself whether the person's intention is to support you and help you grow or whether that person's intention is negative. Do they have your best interests at heart, essentially? Or are they trying to wound you? Are they trying to hurt you? Because the chances are... Even if they do do that, even if it is wounding, even if it is difficult to hear that feedback, 
Was it their intention to really hurt you? Was it their intention to wound you? Likely not. I think the reality is, is we can take things very personally. We can take things to heart. And, you know, the person who's giving you that feedback, which is most likely to be your boss, is, you know, their intention is probably good. Their intention is probably um, trying to be helpful. And I think if we always think about what people's intent is, what's the intent behind their behavior? What's the intent behind them telling me that? Normally, it's a positive Um, helpful intention. It's not to um, hurt you. It's not to scold you. It's to help you grow. It's to help you develop um, your relationship with your boss and to help you, um, you know, move through the ranks and, and, and build your confidence. The third thing that I think is really interesting is that, you know, we're all human beings, aren't we? We're all human beings. And when we're human beings, it means it's very normal to have blind spots. So when we go into these feedback sessions, the reality is they're helpful to us because they can often reveal the blind spots that we are not aware of, the areas where we are just not consciously aware that we are doing something or saying something that is not getting the outcome that everybody wants. So I think that's the the reality is, is like we it's inevitable that we're going to have those blind spots. And I always suggest to my clients that they just put when they go into these feedback sessions, before they go in, they sort of put a curious hat on. They put a curious hat on their head. I'm going to be curious as I go into this meeting. I'm going to be interested in what they have to say. I'm not going to look at it really personally. I'm going to look at it quite objectively. And I'm going to be curious about where that's coming from. I'm going to be curious and ask questions and see where, you know, the specific examples where this feedback is coming from. And I'm just going to be curious. And when you have that curiosity hat on as you go into that meeting, it pulls away all of that emotional charge. Suddenly it's interesting. Suddenly it's an opportunity to learn. Suddenly it's um, a positive experience, right? So I think the truth is, is when we all have blind spots and I think the truth is, is being unaware of those blind spots is actually more damaging, you know, because you know, if you're doing something in meetings, for example, that's disturbing meetings, if you're doing something that is um, upsetting people, you need to know that stuff, right? You need to understand that blind spot because the reality is, is if you ignore the blind spot or if you're never aware of that blind spot, the cumulative negative impact of that behavior of yours over time on your team, on your results, et cetera, is obviously going to be a whole lot worse. And it's actually an opportunity to be really grateful when somebody gives you some interesting feedback, some hopefully constructive feedback that is clear and precise. And we'll get into how to get good feedback as well. But I think that is the key, is just to be curious, to be open-minded to it, and to be actually grateful that maybe they're going to be saving you a whole heap of grief in the long run by sharing this information with you. And if they share it, obviously, in a kind of a professional way, and if their intention is good and all those things, that obviously helps. So I think that curiosity hat is a great little tip that you can um, take on. I'm throwing that out at you today. That's a free little tip, a free little bit of advice to help you just anchor yourself in the right position when you go into that um, review meeting, when you go into that feedback session, so that you can look at it with a kind of more clear head, with a bit more relaxed feel to it, um, and just look at it with that curiosity um, mindset, that curiosity frame. So I've talked a few times already with my first three tips, if you like, around how to sort of depersonalize feedback. And I think 
this is something that women find really, really challenging a lot of the time. We, we're very sort of protective of our work. Our work means a great deal to us. We invest an awful lot of time, a lot of energy into the work that we do. And therefore, when we get feedback that is not helpful, that is critical, perhaps, we tend to personalize the feedback, i.e., it's all about me. They're criticizing me. This is an attack on me. This is a personal attack. But the truth is, is the reality is the feedback is probably about an outcome. It's probably much more likely about an outcome that you've got as a team that you're, you know, you're leading or about a situation that happened or a behavior that you have demonstrated that is not helping you or serving you. That same idea of putting on the curiosity hat, we have to also put on the objective hat, which is looking at the feedback objectively. You know, in which situation are they referring to here? You know, do I agree with what they're saying? You have to be critical also. You can't just accept the feedback as it is. You know, be critical in your mind as well about, well, what are they actually talking about here? What are they actually specifically referring to? Do I agree with that feedback? Look at it objectively. Look at the truth within it. Is there truth within it? Is there any truth within it? Maybe 5% truth in it, a 10% truth. But have a think about what they're actually being critical of. Was it a process that didn't work? Was it a conversation that didn't go well? Was it some decision making? These are all specifics that you can address, that you can look at. But none of those pieces of feedback are actually a direct attack on you as you, as your identity. It's not about this is an attack on you personally. This is just a conversation about certain aspects of behavior or an outcome or a process. You see the difference there? It's quite different. It's not about you. It's about a process. And that's objective to you. That's separate to you. So those things are aspects that you can look at and you can tweak and you can fix, right? So I think it's really, really important to as well as putting that curiosity hat on is just to put on the objective hat. And to look at this objectively, this is not a personal thing of you, even if it feels like it, even if that absolutely feels like it, it's not a direct criticism of you. It's something else. So what else is the criticism about? So leading on from that, my fifth tip is um, essentially to ask for specifics. It's really important to ask for specifics because I find sometimes I remember myself when I was in corporate and I remember some of the feedback sessions I sat in and the feedback was a bit vague and, you know, sort of doing this well or not doing that so well. But you're like, well, I don't understand. I need to understand that in more depth so that I can actually do something about that. I can work with it. Right. So you need to ask for maybe some context. So you might say something like, look, I don't really understand that feedback that you're giving me. Can you just please provide me some context? So then they might say, okay, well, on a specific day at a specific meeting, this is what happened. And you're like, ah, okay. I can look at that objectively now. I can get curious about that. And I can ask myself, is there any truth in what they're saying? I understand now there's some context. There's some specifics. Okay. The other thing that you can ask is to actually ask them to outline specific examples, specific situations, or specific behaviors, whatever it might be that's causing the concern. So you could say something like, um, can you please give me a specific example when this problem happened? What specifically did I do that wasn't right? Because the reality is, is you can work on your behaviors. You can work on processes. You can work on how you interact with people. You can work on decision-making. You can work on your inclusivity, for example. These are all behaviors. And when we are feeling personally attacked, 
it's very difficult to kind of look at that and say, okay, well, how do I fix me? I'm not quite sure how I fix me. You know, I, I don't want to feel broken. I don't want to feel like, you know, this is uh, unactionable, basically. But it's not about you. It's never about you. You have to look at it objectively and look at what the thing is that's surrounding you that could be fixed, which is a behavior or a process or an action of some sort. So you need those specifics. You need specific examples that you can then work with and identify. You might even agree with them and say, yes, I can see what you're saying. You know, that didn't go quite so well. I understand what you're, you're saying and therefore, you know, I'm going to work on that specific thing. So I think that's a really good way of looking at it is just to identify specifics. Really important to ask for specifics. The sixth thing that I think I wanted to share with you is, you know, this happens sometimes. You know, you do performance reviews and you score yourself and maybe your peers will score you and also your boss will score you. Maybe some other stakeholders will score you. So what do you do in that situation if you get the results back and you are scoring yourself higher than everybody else? What do you do in that situation? So look, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a good or a bad thing. Most people will look at that and go, oh my goodness, you know, I must be really arrogant or there must be something wrong with me if I'm not seeing something. I think I'm, you know, brilliant and everybody else doesn't think that. There are 101 different reasons why this can happen. So again, I just want you to think about this objectively, okay? Don't take it personally. Don't worry about it. Don't stress out. But maybe what this is telling you is that you do actually have some blind spots. Maybe it's telling you that this is like some helpful advice and it's giving you some helpful feedback that you do think that you're um, delivering, you know, better than your peers do or your boss does or your clients do, for example. Have a look at that objectively and work out how much truth there is in that observation. Okay, it could be that you do have some blind spots. And if you do, get some coaching on it you know, work on that, do some work on it. Don't be scared about it. Be courageous and look at how you can learn and become curious about how you can better yourself. Maybe there is a mismatch in expectations from the outset. So maybe there's a a miscommunication somehow in doing the review. Maybe there's a miscommunication in your KPIs. It could be a few different things, right? So again, get some coaching, get some advice, get some support in that. And don't feel like you have to personalize the feedback. Have a think about how you can look at it objectively and win from it, learn from it. The other thing that could happen, of course, is that you could score yourself lower than everybody else, you know, on those sort of measures, which is also interesting. And it could mean that, you know, you're struggling with a bit of confidence, um, not understanding the value you're adding. That could be another reason why that could be happening. That, again, could be a few different reasons. But again, seek some support, seek some coaching, seek some advice and help yourself win from the situation. Now, the last thing that I wanted to share with you before I go in this whole stream of seven different ways to enjoy getting that recognition more is to actually ask yourself, what happens if you have a situation, which I do, you know, I get get clients asking me about this. I've had this review. It's just so jarring. You know, I can't bear it. What if you've kind of gone through a review process like that? And you've done all these steps that I've outlined today. You know, you've looked at it objectively. You've depersonalized. um, You've asked for specific examples. And you just plain still disagree with the feedback that you're getting. What do you do then? You know, you feel it's unfair. You feel it's unjustified. Well, look, I think the reality is in this situation, it's a much, much bigger question and a much bigger challenge. And, you know, for a feedback session to be valuable, 
and to be effective, it really needs to provide a balance of what's working well and what areas still need work. So it should always be balanced and it should always be objective. And maybe you're not getting that in your review process. So you could request that, for example. You could say, look, this has been a very imbalanced review process and I would like it to be more balanced, please. So can we please reconvene and come back together, for example? Maybe it has been a very direct attack on you. Maybe it's really impossible to depersonalize it. And again, that's a much bigger question. It's a much bigger challenge because it should always be objective and it should be depersonalized. So I think the other thing that is important is that in a review session for it to be effective, I think both parties also need to feel like they've been heard. So, you know, you can have those real one-way conversations and you're not sort of engaging in that as a conversation and a two-way discussion about your performance. It's just a one-way sort of tirade. (laughs) And again, if that's happening, then that's obviously not helpful either. And I think the thing that's also very important, the last piece, if you like, of what makes a successful um, feedback review is that you end with some actionable outcomes, that the person who's receiving the feedback feels supported and is also really clear what specific areas they need to work on, what their renewed focus needs to be, and they're in agreement with those steps. I think those are fundamental pieces of an effective feedback session. So if you're not getting that in the situation that you're in, if you feel like it's unfair if you feel like you know you've done all that you can you've kind of depersonalized you've been objective as you can you've asked for specifics you're not getting specifics if you're kind of like in that kind of space then of course you're going to feel very frustrated and really lost as to what to do and how to focus on that so I think if you're in that situation like I say it's a different kind of situation to be in so here are some questions to help you think about that a bit more deeply so the first thing I would ask you is are you in the right team? Is this the right culture for you? Is this the right organizational culture for you? Are you getting the right support that you need? Are you getting the right opportunities that you need? Are you feeling recognized and valued? Because these are all really important factors, right? To feel fulfilled in our in our roles and to feel like we're adding the value we want to add. So the last question you can add your, ask yourself is, well, what's missing? What's missing for me right now for me to feel like this? Just write down a list of what's missing. And then you've got a choice point, right? You always will reach a choice point when you've got more clarity and more self-awareness of what's going on. What do I want to do about this situation? You know. So thank you so much for joining me. I love talking about feedback. I think feedback is a really, really integral part of progress. It's a really integral part of personal growth. It's how we learn about ourselves. We learn about our blind spots. We get excited and interested about um, learning about how we can do things and and be better in how we're operating. And I think if we kind of take that curiosity hat and that objective hat, and if that's all we do, I think we can give much more effective feedback, but also receive that feedback so much more effectively. So as ever, thank you so much for joining me, ladies. I love coming here every single week and sharing insights about how to be a better leader, how to better communicate with people, how to build your credibility and visibility in the workplace, and how to ultimately be a happier, more fulfilled you at work, because that's so, so important. I want you to enjoy your work. I want you to love what you do and love and love the value that you're adding every single day. And to be rewarded and recognized for that too. That's a really, really important aspect. We don't work for free. That's not why we do it. We work for recognition too. That's really very, very important. So listen, I have a free gift for you. It is called the seven habits of female execs who get promoted 
This tool has been used by so many women now around the globe. And if you want your copy, you can just go to rebeccasfreegift.com and you'll get it straight to your inbox. It's crammed with all sorts of practical strategies. Everything that we do is practical. And the feedback I always get from the clients who work in our programs is I love how practical these programs are, Rebecca. It's so wonderful that I can actually take away what I'm learning and apply it today. And the seven habits of female execs who get promoted is a tool that you can use and apply today if getting promoted, you know, moving up, moving up a level, building visibility, building credibility. If any of those things are important to you, you will love this free resource. So get yours. Go to rebeccasfreegift.com and I will see you inside. So you have the most fantastic week ahead. Be ambitious, push for what you want, ask for what you want because you absolutely deserve it. I'll see you soon.